Amen. Hallelujah. Your love never fails. Amen. Give the Lord praise one more time. I believe it's true. Love never fails. Amen. And if you have your, your Bibles, open them up to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Some call that the love chapter. But I'll be reading a story, uh, not a story, but uh, verse, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When you say it, say, I found it. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. Here we are in a new year. Hallelujah. It's 2019. And we, had, uh, we started off with a really good message on Friday night. Uh, if you weren't here, man, you missed out. If you weren't here, you missed out on a good message Friday night. Yeah. And I'm going to try and follow up with, with that. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. This is what it says. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Father God, I pray this morning that you would anoint your word um, and the words um, that I speak this morning, Father God, concerning uh, this verse of scripture. I pray that you would guide our thoughts guide this conversation. Speak to us, my God. Make relevant what you're saying to us in our own worlds, our own situations, in our own circumstances, that your spirit might be discernible in the things you're doing in our lives as we grow up in all things, my God. And we thank you this morning for your presence here this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. And God's people say, amen. 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 When I was a child... I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. That's true. He's, he's talking about a truth. I reasoned like a child. But then when I became a man, I did something, he says. I put childish ways behind me. Amazing. And this comes out of, like I said, the love chapter. We just sang that song, Your Love Never Fails, right? The love chapter. And Paul is talking about love and how love is supreme above every other thing. And he talks about a whole list of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are great. If, if you had the gift of prophecy and the gift of miracles and, and all of these wonderful, powerful gifts, can you imagine doing miracles just by, by, by announcing miracles, praying for miracles or laying hands on people or, or prophesying and, and, and something coming to pass because you see and you hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking. He says, Paul is saying, all that is good, but nothing compares to love. If you have love, that's the greatest thing. And then he goes into this metaphor to, to, to kind of illustrate how, how love is supreme over gifts and power and all that knowledge. And he begins to talk about this story here, this little little verse here. Now, and I, as I read it, I began to think about 
Like, what does this mean? And, and because we're, we're entering into a year of growth. I, I really feel that God is speaking to us about growing up and putting some things behind us, maturing. And I began to think about my own life. When, when I was born, so many years ago, my first thought right there in the delivery room, <laughs> no, really, I, when I was born, my first thought was, okay, now what, you know? <laughs> I need to get a job. Now, bear with me. This is, you know, I, I thought, you know, I need to get a, a, a job, but, but then I thought, who's going to hire me in this condition? I had issues with clothes that didn't fit. I, I didn't have very good control over when I went to the restroom. I needed help there. Um, my mom would have to carry me to work. Even if they hired me, she would have to carry me, you know? And so I thought, maybe I'll grow up first. Because if I grow up first, maybe I'll be better suited for a job. So I thought, I'll grow up. In the meantime, I'll just take care of my other priorities. Like, I'll get married. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to get married. So I saw how this nurse was looking at me. And so I smiled, you know, but I tried not to show my teeth because I didn't have any. <laughs> and I guess she thought, you know, because I, you know, had a little smile, she tickled me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, stop it, you know, <laughs> because this is all gums showing, you know. So I thought, you know, this isn't working. I'll wait until I grow up before I get involved in any relationships. Growing up seems to help in a lot of things. When you grow up, you, you handle things. You're better suited to face the challenges and the kinds of things that, uh, that uh, adult life requires. Being a baby, for me, was a very emotional time. I cried and complained when I was hungry. Uh, I cried and complained when things didn't go my way. I blamed people, I talked, you know, and, you know, complained and, and told on people, right? This is what this one did, and this is what that one did, hungry, tired, whatever it was. And, 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 you know, and I recall as a kid telling myself, man, I need to grow out of this. I need to, if I grow up and become more mature, then what people say and do won't affect me so much. And so I've grown up, and, you know, and growing up physically doesn't answer all those questions, you know, because I can walk across the room now. When I was a kid, my mom had to carry me. I was just sitting there in her arms, sucking on a pacifier, and I'd be, and she would walk me over that way and walk me over this way. And when it was time to get down, I'd be, and just kind of let myself go limp. She would put me down. But as I grow up, I can walk across the room on my own. I can go places on my own. I can do things because I've grown up. But growing up physically isn't enough. I've discovered that growth is more than the process of increasing in physical stature because we, we're not the same as we were as little kids. We've grown more, we've, we're bigger, we've increased in physical size, but growth is more than that. It's development. 
is developing, it's maturing, it's advancing, it's improving, it's cultivating the spiritual man or woman that we are inside of us. It's increase, it's progress. There are other things, but there are some people that do not progress. We think, we talk, and we reason like children. Growth is a natural process that we all expect to encounter. We all expect to grow up. And under normal conditions, that's what happens. You'll become more knowledgeable. Under normal conditions, you'll gain more strength. Under normal conditions, you'll gain more wisdom and more insight tomorrow than you have today. We're constantly growing, constantly evolving into something new in our lives as we go from childhood to adulthood. And what I discovered is that much of my growth was involuntary, that I didn't have to do anything to get a little taller. I got a little taller just kind of naturally. I got a little taller and, and, and gained, uh, uh, you know, gained more weight just naturally. I ate and slept and ate and slept and ate and slept. And before you know it, man, I'm like bigger than my mom. We grow. And I didn't have to do a thing about that. It was involuntary. But then a lot of my growth came as I applied myself to know more and applied myself to do more and applied myself to be more. Not all growth is automatic, but deliberate. It's something I involve myself to do. And I believe that that is what Paul is telling us right here. This is what he's saying. When I was a child, man, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put, he says, I put childish ways behind me. And I began to look at that word that he's saying, I put. The Greek word is katargio. Uh, katargio is a Greek word. I put away, or I abolish is what it means. I nullified old thinking. I nullified, I, 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 I nullified old talk. I, I, you know, and if you can imagine going back and, and asking, you know, uh, uh, if, if I was in, 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 the, in the fellowship room as a child and I'm, and I'm thinking and talking like a child, and I go up into somebody's eating, at, at, you know, after the service, sitting down fellowshipping, and, and, and I go to, and I want food like a child, like a little baby, you know, and I go just stand there and stare at them at their plate. You know how, how children, when they want something, they just go and stand. They won't say anything. They just look at it or they'll touch it, you know. And can you imagine if I did that or climbed into somebody's lap thinking they're going to feed me? You guys would be saying, Debbie, come get your husband. Run around here unsupervised, right? Feed your husband. He's hungry. We don't think like children anymore. This word, katargio, uh, the, the Greek word, is the same word Paul uses in verse 8 when he says, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. They, they will stop. It's the same word he uses in verse 10 when he, says, when he says, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Ceasing, disappearing. Prophecies will cease on their own according to Paul. When perfection comes, the imperfect disappears on its own. But he says, 
I will nullify my childishness. I will put this behind me. I will cause it to cease, to disappear. The ways of my younger me no longer are relevant in the world that I live in today. I've grown up and things have changed. The ways that I was back then are no longer appropriate today. Things have changed. I've grown up into a new phase of thinking, a new phase of talking, a new phase of understanding. And in order for me to fit into the times that I'm living in today, I need to change. I need to change. Proverbs 22:15 says that folly is bound up in the heart of a child. And folly is childishness. That's what folly is. It's a good thing. Folly isn't a bad thing. For children, it's, it's a great thing. You know, children need to be happy and fun and live and make believe and play and make believe and, and think that there's something. But can you imagine walking into the sanctuary one day when everybody's gone and you see me with a cape tied around my neck with chonies, you know, and jumping off the stage like I'm Superman? That would be unusual for an adult. But folly is bound up, bound up. Think of the metaphor. It is bound up in the heart of a child. It is tied up there. It, it, it belongs there. It is, it is inescapable in the life of a child. It belongs to children. But when children grow up, hello, they become adults. They become men and women. They become parents and grandparents and their words, and their worldviews, and their wisdom that grows up along with them. They change with them. What used to seem so real for me as a child turns out to be nonsense as an adult. It's inappropriate as an adult. I remember as kids, man, if you go, if you turn off the light, you go and look in the mirror and you say, Bloody Mary, you know, 40 times or whatever. I don't know if you guys remember that. And you can only get to like 38 or something, you know, before you start seeing things. And it was so real, so real. Or, or this idea that if you point to the stars at night, you'll get a sty in your eye. Don't point, you know. And we'd be using our elbows and things. Look at that one right there, you know. Afraid of what seemed so real. When we grow physically, we also grow developmentally. We grow in other ways. We grow in our minds, in the groups that we belong to. We belong to, to groups of people, and we grow with those groups. We recognize trust. We recognize mistrust. We recognize social behavior, when to speak, when to be silent, you know, how to act, how to behave, what is usual, what is common, what is, what is a norm. We, we recognize and we learn those things and we grow into those things. From birth to 12 months of age, infants learn that they can, they can trust adults. From, from the age that a, an infant is born, in that first year, they learn that, you know, adults, you can trust an adult, but when we become adults, we learn that the only people we can trust is kids, man can't trust nobody it becomes that's exactly what Randall was preaching about on 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 Friday night when he was talking about Jesus because Jesus used the illustration of children also 
that we have to become like them. And Jesus, what he said was true about children. What Paul is saying is true about children. And what he's saying here, that as we grow up, we need to mature. We need to change. And Paul says, I made some definite, deliberate, intentional changes to my life. When I was a child, I talked a certain way, I thought a certain way, and I reasoned a certain way. In other words, I understood things a certain way. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. I had to talk differently, I had to think differently, and I had to understand things differently. So there are three things that I see Paul saying that he put behind him. And, and the first way, clearly, is the way that he talks. When I was a child, I talked like a child. Ch children speak in a language all their own. If you've ever just listened to children, if you've ever taught in the, one of the classrooms, and you listen to their conversations, man, or, or in the back, and you hear their conversations, they have a language all their own, a, a way of understanding one another. They, they, they uh, you know, and it's different than teenagers. Teenagers don't speak like children, and they don't speak like adults. They're in a world all their own. It's different. And I used to teach, and I may have mentioned this to you before, I used to teach fifth and sixth grade. And I remember overhearing some of the conversations, and I, and I used to, like, scratch my I couldn't I couldn't understand some of the conversations you know for example Katrina said that she's not sitting next to you at lunch because yesterday at the water fountain you told Brianna that Jasmine rolled her eyes at Paula and she broke up with Eduardo and and it goes on and I'm like what and and I'm like you know and I'm, I'm thinking man I must be dumb. I can't even follow that logic. I, you know, they're talking, and they know what they're talking about. I had no clue what they were talking about. Now, imagine coming to church, and you hear somebody saying, well, Tracy told me that Pastor Kevin rolled his eyes at Gary when Randall told Pastor Danny not to announce the rally. would be like, what? And they're like, I'm not coming to church no more. <laughs> when I was a child, I talked like a child. And there are people, we, 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 we really need to think about, you know, how do children talk? And how does it differ from teenage talk? And how does that differ from adult talk? What do adults talk about? Paul says, man, I recognize that as I grew up, my talk had to change. I had to change my talk. Secondly, the way he thinks. He says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. There was this psychologist that um, lived years ago. His name was Jean Piaget, and he was a Swiss psychologist. And he did this test for, for children to, to show that children at a certain age, just like the, the scripture says that folly is bound up in, a, in the heart of a child, he says that there are ways that children think that they are bound to, that they can't escape. And one of those ways of thinking is what he called egocentrism, which means that the world revolves around me, that my ego, I am the center of the world, and the only perspective I have is my own. And so he, he set these three mountains, like a model of, of mountains, you know, mountains. One mountain had like snow-capped, uh, you know, at the top. 
Another mountain had a red cross on the top, and another one had a little hut on, on the beginning. And the kid was able to look at it from all different angles, all different sides. And then they put a little doll on, on one side of, of these mountains and showed the child a bunch of pictures, 10 pictures. And then, then they would ask the, the child, the researcher would ask the child, okay, what perspective, the, how does, what does the, the doll see? When the doll looks at these mountains, what does the, the, the doll see? And 100% of the time, the child will choose their own perspective. The doll is sitting on the other side. And 100% and of the time, they could not fathom, they could not understand that if you sit over here, the situation looks differently. If you sit over there, the situation looks different. They could not fathom that. And there are adults that think the same way. They will look at a situation and they will think that it is exactly the way they see it. That it couldn't be a different way. Egocentric. Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. But when I grew up, I had to change the way I think. I had to do that. I grew up, my physical stature came natural. I, you know, I ate and slept, and I grew up. Over time, I grew up. But I had to put the way I think behind me. I had to change that. Lastly, thirdly and lastly, he says the way he understands had to change. He says, when I was a child, I reasoned like a child, right? To reason is to discern, right? To, to figure things out, to, to, to think and, and to, to solve problems. And children have this tendency to judge things by how they appear. First of all, they have their own perspective of things, and they become egocentric. And it's not a bad thing. It's just they haven't grown up to uh, recognize other, other kinds of things. That is what it means to be a child. But then how they make sense of what they see. This is what Paul is talking about here. They have this tendency to, to judge things by how things appear, right? And, and you'll hear kids saying things like, well, how come... How come she has more cookies than I do? you got the same. They're just stacked differently. Here, stack yours like this. Count them. It's the same. Right? If you research, you find out that you have the same amount. Count them. And that word research means to search again, to research. And you don't depend on first appearance or even second appearance. Can you imagine going to a doctor and they give you a pill and they say, well, we haven't researched this, but go ahead and eat. I think, you know, somebody ate one one time and they got better. So eat this and you'll be fine. Well, has it been researched? Well, no, you know, it worked one time, you know. Not to depend on first appearance. And sometimes adults, do the same thing. We make judgments based on appearance. We draw conclusions, draw conclusions without fully understanding the complexity of a situation, whatever the situation may be. What's involved? What's the total, uh, you know, uh, set of influences? There was something uh, Randall said on Friday night I thought was very interesting when he, when he talked about uh, doing a, a spir spiritual critical theory 
a class on, because critical theory, and, and you know, and, and he was talking about some, some, some heavy stuff, you know. How did, you know, asking the question, how did we arrive here? How did we get at this place? And asking the questions, what are all the things involved? All the influences involved? How does, how does living in the Western part of the world, how does that shape my thinking? How is it different than if I grew up in Korea or grew up in some other part of the world? How am I formed and shaped? How did my early life shape my thinking, the way I understand things? How did my family life uh, contribute to the way I deal with people, how I avoid people, how much I risk my, myself and, 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 and put myself in unfamiliar circumstances? To ask questions about searching, about how I've arrived at this place. You know, I can't, as a pastor, afford to jump to conclusions based on appearance. It happens. We'll look at something and think, oh, we'll name it right away. Can you imagine a counselor and just naming things right away without understanding the complexity of someone's circumstances? Without taking into account, uh, you know, financial uh, challenges, you know, uh, you know uh, political situations where laws are changed and they're, and they're bound to a certain set of rules and, and uh, their work. Uh, conditions and home life and all kinds of stuff that, uh, that affect and influence people. Physical things, emotional things. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in our lives. We're not just very simple creatures. We're very complex. And sometimes we make judgments based on appearance and, and we draw conclusions without understanding the world that people live in. So we can't afford to jump to conclusions based on appearance. The Bible teaches us to fix our eyes not, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. That we live by faith and not by sight. And faith is being certain of what we don't see. There are some things that we can be certain about, and it's the things we don't see. That God is still on the throne, that God has a plan for our lives, that it is hopeful, that somehow I don't see all the answers in all the evidence that, I, that I'm able to look at here in this life. But one thing I am certain about is that God has your back, that God has a plan for you, that God is leading you somewhere. And though you have to endure these temporary trials and up, uh, you know, uh, problems and mountains, God is with you. I can be certain of that. And I will walk through, with you through these valleys and troubles and trials and situations because I am certain that God hasn't left you. And as a counselor, as a pastor, as a Christian, we can be confident on those things that we don't base our conclusions on what we see. We know that there is more happening. This year, our goal is to grow. Our goal is to grow, to grow in the way we think, the way we live, the way we serve, to grow in grace, to grow spiritually, to grow in maturity, to grow in our social relations, in relationships, to grow in every facet of our human existence as possible, to give God the honor because he's created us to grow. He's created us to grow. And I believe that this is what Paul is talking about here. That in a world where 
things happen naturally and there are some things that happen out of necessity he says that there comes a point in our lives and there definitely came a point in his life where he says that who I used to be is no longer appropriate for where I'm going for where I am today that when I was a child there was a way that I used to talk and it was appropriate for my childhood and when I was a child I used to think a certain way and it was appropriate for my childhood and when I was a child I reasoned and made sense a certain way and it was appropriate for my childhood or it was appropriate for my teenage years it was appropriate for my past life it was appropriate on the streets or it was appropriate over in this place in this part of my life or that facet of my life but when I became a man when I became a man I had to put childish things away they no longer fit my life they no longer fit my Christian walk they no longer fit my marriage I can't carry that garbage into my marriage into my relation with my children into the the path that God has me on in this life recognizing where I need to grow recognizing what fits and what does not fit that is my responsibility and I need to recognize so so going back man when I was a kid when I was born in that delivery room and I'm thinking about a job I come you know I'm like there I'm, they're wrapping me up in blanket I'm like man I need to get a job you know grow up first when you grow up you're better suited for some things and I'm thinking about marriage and I'm trying to wink to the nurses you know I finally I finally married that nurse it was Debbie yeah, she's, a, she's older. You ask her, she's older than I am. <laughs> ask her when you see her. Just say, are you older than Pastor Kevin? And she'll tell you, yeah. Yeah, I met, I met her there in the delivery room. Man. But I had to wait. She waited for me, you know. <laughs> I had to wait until I grew up. Some things we have to grow. And this year, this year, let's make it a point to recognize where can I grow? Some of us, man, we are great, you know, and suited for what we're doing and who we are today. But there may be aspects, I know in my life, where I need to grow. And Paul says, you know what, man, when I became a man, there are some things that I put behind me. So this year, let's grow. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Father God, I pray this morning for the men and women that have gathered here to worship you and to celebrate, to serve you. I pray, my God, for your guidance and direction, that your spirit will point out to each of us the room that we have to grow, to grow in grace, to grow in faith, to grow.
grow in maturity, to grow. Some of us, we need to grow up in, 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 in our ability to, to handle our emotions. Some of us, the ability to handle finances. For others, the ability to, to recognize our place in social situations and our identity and to grow, Father. Help us to grow. Help us not to make the mistakes of the past. Help us not to be bound by the things that bind children, that keep children from recognizing how complex the world really is. A child view works perfectly for a child. But as we grow, Father God, help us to understand what is different. I pray, Father God, for your anointing. I pray that you would open our eyes to new things, that you would, would pour grace into our lives. I pray for parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, Lord God, for insight in, in what it means, Father God, to lead others, to be examples. I pray, Father, for for those, my God, who are, who are single, Father God, who, who live a single life. And I pray this year, Lord God, that you would do something powerful in the lives of our singles. Lord, that you would bless them, that you would use them, raise them up, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you would pour out your anointing on each of us as we find room to grow, room to grow, that we're not satisfied with who we are but room to grow, to give you honor and glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If the Lord has spoken to you, why don't you come? Talk to him this morning. Talk to him about, about areas in our lives. How God, I want to grow. God, I want to grow. I want to grow up in the spiritual calling that you have for me. I want to grow up as a leader. I want to grow up as a parent, as a grandparent, I want to grow up. I, I want to grow in my, my ability to make financial decisions, to make, to make choices about my future, to discern what's taking place around me. I want to grow in my ability to deal with, with difficult circumstances, to, to handle challenges better, to, to handle myself in, in complex circumstances. I want to grow, Father God, help me to grow this you year. You are the reason for Move my, my joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You are the reason for my happiness.